You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Match Ball. Welcome to the show that's brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman. Hello. 30 years on to the day, we are charting the journey from promotion in 1990 through to lifting the league title in 1992. A real-time journey game by game. And today, we are back at Ellen Road, our fourth game in six days following on from Arsenal on the telly last Sunday and those two Zenith Data Systems Northern Area final ties against Everton on Tuesday and Thursday. Aren't you knackered? I'm knackered. To be honest, my liver's knackered. Been drinking <laughs> solid lately these games. There's no point sobering up anymore. I just keep ploughing through. Big game though, this one, isn't it? We're still hoping against hope that we can get into Europe. It's yet to be decided if third place is going to be good enough. But as it stands, Palace are nine points ahead of us and we have two games in hand. So if we win this and then win those two games in hand, then we win the European Cup. I think that's how it works. Or at least we get to enter a European competition, possibly if UEFA decide. It's all still up in the air because of the easing English clubs back into Europe after the European ban. So it's very much, well, we'll see how we feel. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Leeds? Because <laughs> that's the, the, the sneaking suspicion is we could finish third and UEFA will go, actually, we don't want you. Why not? We've got a good record. Is it not down to the FA to allocate the places, though, I seem to remember? Yeah, but UEFA would find a way to stop it. <laughs> we still remember Paris. I know we're relying on the FA to do Leeds a favour. Well, exactly. Speaking of which, 40 hours since the final whistle or thereabouts at Goodison. And you know um, where Leeds spent it? Where did they spend it? They stayed overnight in Liverpool. God bless them, as if the week wasn't already tough enough. That one and a bit hours along the M62, just too demanding, was it, for the uh, for the players? Must have been, must have been. Um, must have needed a good night's rest. Yeah, so we didn't make the final at Wembley, as you well know, for the ZDS. However, Palace did. They did play their second leg of their Southern Area final on Tuesday at the same time that we were finishing our first leg with another game to play only days later. Um, so they've got to the final. Palace against Everton in a couple of weeks' time, April the 7th, that one at Wembley. I hope it's shit. But stoic as ever, David Bassey, not asked. Just getting on with it, isn't he? Yeah, we've still got a possibility for a uh, third. There can be no excuses. Everyone will be trying their hardest. Our target now has to be third place. It's all we've got left. And it's a matter of keeping our chins up and playing as we did against Everton because we were better against Everton than we had been for a while. I do want to have a word about Palace's kit on this game and what's happened over the passage of time. Palace's kit today 
is a vivid scarlet. It's bright red. There's barely a nod to the colour blue on this shirt. They've got the central panel down the middle, and obviously it says uh, Fly Virgin across the chest. That's their sponsor. The one that I, in my own mind, they're still sponsored by that, I think. A little tickle of blue down the sides, but red shorts, red socks, and it's a bright red shirt. Fast forward to uh, 2021. Their shorts and socks are all blue now, and most of the shirt's blue. They've had a right old change of room. Well, if you rewind to the 1970s, you'll have an all-white kit with a blue and red sash. They've got absolutely uh, no common sense whatsoever, Crystal Palace. They just do not care. At one point, they had, um, also in the 70s, you're talking about a claret and blue central stripe. And now look at them. A bit like our tyre track design. Not far off. Before that, here we go, 1966, Scunthorpe. They're a joke. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So it's no surprise that they've just turned up wearing some... Just just throw some primary colours together and crack on with it, yeah? Yeah. Well, how are Leeds today then? It's a big tie. There's a big crowd, nearly 29,000 in attendance. What was it like? I'd imagine they were tired, bless them. And to be fair to Crystal Palace, they are third on merit. It's a strong team that they brought out. We are, after all the, uh, the fixture congestion and, you know, the three games in the previous week and 40 hours since extra time at Goodison, unchanged. Which is Lukic, Sterling, Whitlow, Fairclough, White, Batty, Strachan, McAllister, Speed, Carl Schutz up front with Lee Chapman, with Pearson and Williams on the bench. Uh, for Palace, a couple of names in here you might recognise. Nigel Martin, John Humphrey, Richard Shaw, Eric Young, Andy Thorne, John Salarco, Jeff Thomas, Andy Gray, Alan Pardew, Mark Bright and Ian Wright with Eddie McGoldrick and Gary Thompson on the bench. That Andy Gray is not our Andy Gray, and it's not the other Andy Gray either, is it? It's the third Andy Gray. Maybe even a fourth or a fifth. <laughs> yes, he's a, a midfielder noted in the um, the FA Cup final last year, but it's like kicking a lot of Man United players, which I respect. Although they were playing in all white that day, weren't they? So let's hope he doesn't get a taste for that and want to start doing it again. And then the, the replay, they were wearing black and yellow stripes. Fit that into your Crystal Palace kit colour chart. Like I said, Bunch of primary colours, chuck them on a shirt, off we go. So this game then, we're 1-0 down relatively early on, which ain't great, 11 minutes in. I mean, I was watching this one on the TV and I almost missed it. I mean, we we almost scored at the other end. Well, I say we almost scored. We had a half chance. Gary Speed had a, a turn and a shot, but it was on his right foot. Yeah, he which... worked it quite nicely though, didn't you think? Like that, that's some nice little interplay on the left-hand side of the area. Yeah, it was McAllister got it into him and it was a right-foot player or Gary Speed on his left foot may have had a better chance for this but it was a fairly tame shot and that Nigel Martin seems like a real good goalkeeper as well for them so he's not going to let that in he's referred to on the commentary as a million pounds worth of goalkeeper there by John Helm I mean I'd pay more than that for him in a few years time Co- for certain probably twice that if not more at least but then they immediately counter down the left wing which we don't see a great deal of John Helm knows doesn't he John Helm's doing the commentary and he's trying to get the message to the the match director he's saying we're still watching this yeah but, we're um, looking at a replay but um, and he know and he he can read the game because he, he knows it's going to be a goal as well so when we do see it it is John Salako with the ball pretty much on the byline crosses it to Ian Wright who's unmarked on the edge of the six yard box we have to give credit to Ian Wright for this header there's a lot of jumping and twisting in the header he seems to go up far too early because you look at it and you think there is no way he's got enough lift there and power behind it to get that into the goal but Credit to him, he does it at the near post as well. He was good with him, right? He was very, very good, annoyingly so. It's a shame with this because it's what Crystal Palace do and it's what they did to us at Selhurst Park when they they broke from our chance for that one. It ended up with, um, I think, Jeff Thomas was squaring it for Ian Wright to score in that game and then late on Ian Hart, uh, Ian Hart, Ian Wright, (laughs) 
broke very quickly, which Ian yes, Hart, Ian Hart not no. have managed to do, <laughs> and uh, and nearly scored at the end. It's it's their game. They break and they they spot a, a weakness. So with Gary Speed being in in the box with Gary McAllister, obviously we can't see it. One has to imagine the way that they've just sliced through our midfield because we've gone forward and uh, and of course out. Classic Crystal Palace. This I'm imagining at some point during this, John Salako has just kicked it past Malcelland and run. It makes sense for them to play that way because those players, Salako, right and bright, it's all... It's, so it's all pace and power, isn't it? Yeah, it's they're really fast. They're, Salako's pace is ridiculous. At a time when Mel Sterland would not be considered slow, but he's not getting anywhere near John Salako. This is when, um, I think it's this season for the as part of the League Cup, they had a competition, a sprint competition amongst football league clubs to see who had the fastest player. And Leeds didn't enter it because I don't think we fancied a hamstring injury for one of our players, but it was uh, the fastest player from every club lining up to do a 100-meter race. Mike Whitlow would have won. That's pretty, oh, probably He was probably well, not allowed to enter. Like a racing car going into turbo. And it's significant that this goal is scored by Solarco down Sterling's side. So they're no better than to try and get past Whitlow. <laughs> and uh, Ian Wright then does run away to the Palace fans who are going uh, crazy on the Lowfields Terrace in the southeast corner, uh, exposed to the elements. It doesn't look too wet and uh, dreary today. Uh, we have a chance not too long after this. Half a chance for Macca. Yeah, corner gets cleared and it goes back into him, but it's not It's not really a chance, is it? It's, it's a polite round of applause. Ooh. If a goal comes for us, it's going to come from some moment of uh, real inspirational <laughs> playmaking invention and creativity, which is exactly what we get just before I mean, half-time. I mean, it's ridiculous is the build-up to this. I mean, that can occur anywhere, look, can't it? It can occur in your own penalty area. 1991, assist for a goalkeeper. That's all I'm going to say to you. I mean, if Edison does this for Manchester City these days, people will go mad about this saying, what great vision. Through the lens of a 1990s game, it looks like John Luke just twatted it right forward. But it does go straight to but, Gary Speed. He's seen him. Yeah, he did. He does. And that, but that's what's mad about it, isn't it? The fact that the keeper is looking to punt it upfield as a through ball for somebody. But also, Palace trying to play the offside trap from John Lukic kicking it out of his hands. Ridiculous. I think it's Richard Shaw over on the left hand side who might be playing them on side, but he seems to be a little bit behind everyone else with this pushing forward thing. But I mean, they are trying to do this on the halfway line, which seems a bit unnecessary from a goal kick. Leeds do it as well. I think, um, I think you're right. He's. They've, kept an eye on Chapman and Short in the middle and I think Speed has actually played it quite well because he's realised that he's kind of he's, they can't see him and he's he in bloody acres, acres of space and um, and Lukic you can tell by the way he kind of alters his position and alters the direction of the kick he's seen Speed is staying on side and there's a chance there and you can dismiss it as a big punt over the top because in one way it is a big punt over the top and John Lukic does have one of the longest kicks in football. But on the other hand, he's seen what's happening and he's put the ball absolutely on a plate for Gary Speed. It is clear from how quickly he takes it because often it's a case of where's Chapman, get some people around Chapman. We can't, you can see the pack sort of shuffles to the side he's going to kick it to, whereas this, bounce, this is completely bounce different. Bounce it a few times, adjust my feet, have a look up. Yeah. Exactly. And his, Speed does well with it as well because they've still got an awful lot to do. I mean, he's, his first touch, he's only just inside their half and then he has another couple to take it on and it's, this isn't a particularly famous goal but it is very reminiscent of the yeah. the run and finish for the, the famous get one yourself son goal 
a better finish actually because this goes into the corner rather than under the keeper's well, body. Well, it goes from the inside left position onto the edge of the area, puts it across. Nigel Martin doesn't he into the corner. And the famous get one yourself sun goal was against Simon Tracy, who is rubbish. This is against Nigel Martin. It's the same as Mel Stirling's free kick in midweek. He scored one against Sheffield United like that. But Simon Tracy, you know, you've got to keep the goalkeeper in mind. To do that against Neville Southall, amazing. And to get this past um, Nigel Martin, we've already seen one good Nigel Martin save in this match and he didn't have a chance with this one because speed was too good. Let's not buy him. Let's stick with John Lukic, who obviously has the acrobatic skills, the reflexes, and also the vision to create goals. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So on us even at half time, but we've had the lion's share of of the attacking intent. It seems, uh, particularly if you look at corners, the measure there that like we had seven in that in that first half, and hopefully plenty more to come in the second. What's the story of the second half then? More of that. Another what's another six corners. <laughs> we have thirteen to um, Palace's one, which I think, and then you know their goal coming from a breakaway as it did, and as it did at Selhurst Park tells you Palace are just absorbing. All our uh, attacking with that defensive, um, who's there, Richard Shaw, Eric Young, Andy Thorne's a big old ex-Wimbledon player, um, and Andy Gray in front of them. They're a, a tough bunch at the back. And Nigel Martin, he may not be John Lukic, but he is a, a good goalkeeper. We have seven shots on target by the end of the game, but we ain't scoring any. And we have a substitution. Did this turn the game? John Pearson comes on for Gary McAllister four minutes from the end, which transpires it's Pearson's last appearance in a lead shirt, this one. Well, he may have affected the game. Can you imagine John Pearson in the middle there stroking the passes around like McAllister, ghosting past people? John Lukic could do it. Well, could you imagine Gary McAllister being farmed out on loan to Rotherham shortly after this game? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see much of of Pearson's Leeds career uh, prior to watching these games. And I've not seen much of it in these games, to be honest, he seems to come on and not do all that much. He's like Chapman's best mate. <laughs> but uncultured. 
<laughs> yeah, he's, he was at Sheffield Wednesday when Chapman was there, and I am um, surprised, and was kind of like a backup Chapman. That's kind of he's he's like a, a not quite as good. Well, without being unfair to to John Pearson, I think Lee Chapman. Let's be positive. Lee Chapman is a much much better striker and finisher than than John Pearson. But Pearson is one of those players. Although Howard Wilkinson didn't bring him to Leeds, I think he's one of the ones he was glad to find him there. Like uh, Glyn Snodden was already there as well. Glad to have him because he knows he'll never let him down. And he can bring him on for Gary McAllister for whatever reason. To shore up the game and secure the draw. Well. Hey, talking about being positive, he did actually go on to do all right at Rotherham, did Pearson. I'd look at this today. He scored something like seven or eight goals in 13 games. So maybe he just needed to find his level. England, according to him. I don't know if this is apocryphal, but I have this memory of apparently he did some kind of interview where he said he, he could have been as good as Gary Lineker. He just never got the breaks. <laughs> I remember that distinctly from an early episode of the Square Ball and um, early issue of the Square Ball, and I've never been able to track down the original interview. Maybe he never ever said it, but I always like to think it's that a nice he did. idea, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's a great idea that he did. The new Campro Millmore, it's, it's two sides of the same coin, really, isn't it? It is. And back to the game and then back to Ellen Road. And unfortunately, this change maybe was instrumental in the end, or maybe not. 2 uh, 1 to Palace, 90th minute. Game is dead and buried then, unfortunately. It's almost like we're tired. Just a ball down the right hand side. They're getting behind. We're all out of shape. So it's Fairclough goes across wide to try and stop the cross. Then the cross does come in. You think Luke just made an absolutely brilliant save from Jeff Thomas. I mean, then... it's, a, it's a point blank header, is that from what, three yards out in front of the cop? And it is right down his throat. Let's not kid ourselves. But to still do it and push it away. It deserves to save the game for us, but it instead falls to John Salako, who just taps it in from a yard out. The, the, the fact that he wasn't able to palm it, let's say, up or over or out of harm's way shows you how close it was. It was just reflexes, wasn't it? Cat-like. I think it it's too low for him to palm it over. It comes at him sort of throat level, so he couldn't push it up from there. He just kind of has to block it. And I respect your attempts to protect Mike Whitlow's blushes from this one, but the ball came... It was down Palace's right, but our left. So I don't know. I can only assume Mike Whitlow was too far forward trying to win the game. Or oh, somebody's not giving him a shout or something. Somebody else has and, got uh, to carry the can for this. And yeah, the, but then the marking in the middle, which is where the real failure is, certainly not his responsibility because he's failing to deal with the cross, which should have given the players in the centre enough time to stop Jeff Thomas from getting in there. Thomas being a midfielder who's broken in. So it's it's surprising that it's not right or bright doing this because they scored all Palace's goals. There's only really Mel Sterling making any effort to defend this in the middle and he gets there too late as well. Mm. I think they're probably all just a bit fucked. And it's <laughs> it's just the kind of, it sums up the way this week has kind of gone. That um, And in fact, that's exactly what Howard Wilkinson said after the game and he said that it sums up how things have gone for us since the new year. Occasionally we've not been good enough, but a lot of the time we've just not had the luck. But he's being positive. He says it can't go on like this forever, so we've just got to keep going and we'll start getting some luck at some point. But yeah, I mean, if you think about the way the Everton game ended with that fucking deflected shot of John Eberl that hit Fairclough and went in and there was no coming back from that and that's why we're not going to Wembley. And then this 90th minute, Lukic doing his best. I mean, what a way to cap off, what, 380 minutes? of football, and we've got not bloody sausage to show for any of this. In six days as well. I mean, that's like that's like having a World Cup on that much, that much football to watch. <laughs> should, have, should have had a week off. Could have put Eddie Gray in and played the kids for this week, <laughs> given all the first team a rest. 
Well, yeah, that is five defeats in eight since the turn of the new year. Which, we'll go out. Which is uh, seven points from a possible 24. But that's after that long unbeaten run that we had into the very end of 1990. 26 points from 30 before that. So you can see there's been a real change of fortunes, all probably down to the sheer you know, congestion on the fixture list. But a rest now, which is key. A full week off. Imagine that. Full week off till we play again next. But just looking at The players can all go out and get leathered in midweek. It'd be great for them. <laughs> <laughs> just like, we're assuming they haven't already uh, and there was a day off between the two Everton games wasn't there a bit of time that night in Liverpool after the match yeah looking at the other results for the games this weekend and one hell of a result there for uh, for Liverpool at the baseball ground beating Derby seven goals to one which was the biggest win for anybody this season uh, Man United also winning 4-1 at home uh, against Luton Norwich nil Arsenal nil affected the top of the table obviously with Liverpool winning by so many leaves the table in a very, very interesting state. Liverpool have gone top again after 29 games, 63 points. Uh, those drop points there for Arsenal at Norwich leave them a point behind with the same amount of games played, so 62. So it's still to play for because it did look when we were on the cup run or the various cup runs that Arsenal were going to completely run away with it. That leaves then Palace third on 58 points. So they're only four points now off Arsenal, but they have played a game more, but we are still some way back in fourth having played 28, two games in hand on Palace, as Moscow mentioned before, but we are now 12 points behind, which is quite the gap. Yeah, the detail on the title race is obviously Arsenal had a, they had two points deducted, I think, for their brawl with Scum at Old Trafford, and then Liverpool storming through that 7-1 win, two goals from Steve Nicol, which really contributed to them uh, getting that game. But I mean, defenders scoring goals, is that sustainable? That's the question that underpins that. Man United then back in fifth, 45 points, um, but we've got two games in hand on them, even though we're only a point clear. Wimbledon played 29, 42, and Man City exactly the same as well. So it's starting to uh, cement the top three anyway. It's going to be a bit of an ask for us now to close that gap, I think, towards the back end of the season. It's fine though, isn't it? It is fine. It's a great first season back, all things considered. It's just, I think, that that disappointment is lingering that we got so far in so many cup competitions and never quite managed to, to win anything. Even just a trip to Wembley would have been nice, wouldn't it? So we could bloody well get drunk and smash the place up. And lose. Yes, exactly. When it comes to winners, PFA Awards, we're in for a couple of those. Uh, some candidates for Young Player of the Year, David Batty up against John Eberl, Boo. Lee Sharp, Boo. Roy Keane, Boo. Matt Letizia. It's a conspiracy. And Rod Wallace. Hey, he sounds good. And then the Player of the Year candidates, we had John Barnes, Paul Gascoigne, Mark Hughes, Boo. Stuart Pearce, Ian Wright, and then our very own Gordon Strachan in for the PFA Player of the Year. should mention as well as uh, Steve Nicol scoring in that game, both of his goals were set up by John Barnes, who also scored two himself. Barnes is quite a good player. And you'd, you'd look at the that list, and obviously we're biased towards Gordon Strachan, but Paul Gascoigne is obviously one of the, the best players around coming off the World Cup. Barnes has had a brilliant season, Liverpool top of the league, and then um, Stuart Pearce, uh, it's dependable for Nottingham Forest. Ian Wright just keeps scoring goals. You'd give it Strachan, though. Yeah, didn't though, did they? No, of course they fucking didn't. <laughs> no, uh, who, who did win it? I don't even want to say his name. Okay, fine. Uh, we won't then. And David Batty, did he win young player? No, we do have to say his name because it was a fucking outrage. Mark Hughes, footballer of the year. Wilco wasn't having it. Wilkinson said, in my opinion, I can't see anyone who realistically comes close to Gordon this year and we've seen we've seen quite a lot of Man United this season did Mark Hughes at any point when he was whinging 
whining on the floor because Chris White's breathed near him, trampling all over players when there was a, a pile on and he went in. At least Chris Fairclough had the good grace not to use his stud. He just used his knee across Paul Lynch's face, whereas Mark Hughes treated it as if just like a, a puddle for him to walk over. <laughs> not a fan. Poodlehead wanker. <laughs> Outscored by Brian McClare in the games we've seen. That tells you all you need to know. And yet somehow he gets football and he brought the, and he's brought the sport into disgrace. He's a cheat. Um, which is some going, given that the uh, the Cup Winners' Cup tie that Scum played against Montpellier, um, one of Montpellier's players left his studs on Paul Ince and you could see as Paul Ince then went staggering around with just blood pouring out of his thighs, you'd probably say, hmm, maybe the referee on review should have given a free kick for that, <laughs> but just went for play on. But the temperature had been raised that much because in the first leg there'd been some pushing and shoving and a Montpellier player had shoved Hughes in the chest and he went down rolling around holding his face and the Montpellier player got sent off you don't, these like, days, you don't, you don't like seeing that in the game in truth these days this sort of stuff is absolutely part of the course but this was a different era there were claims and there were suggestions that when that happened he should have just been removed from the running for player of the year because he can't be rewarding that kind of behaviour. I have to say, looking back on these Montpellier clips, how good is Montpellier's kit? It's something Luton Town will be absolutely proud of. White shirts with blue sleeves, but bright orange shorts. It just looked absolutely ace. I it was, uh, and Carlos Valderrama's hair went with those shorts, just mm, absolutely perfect. Um, when it comes to the young player of the year, Lee Sharp beats uh, David Batty into <sighs> second place for that. I mean, Scum are fifth, and yet they've, sweeping the board at the Player of the Year awards when they're fucking rubbish. So it is good to think how angry Roy Keane will have been but not winning. Well, let's face it though, the Football Writers Footballer of the Year, that's the prestigious one. That's the one that's been around longer. That's the one we care about. So we'll keep an eye out for that yeah, towards this the end of one the was voted for by um, footballers and as we know, footballers are generally fucking stupid, aren't they? So... <laughs> Eight transfer deadlines on the way, so um, eyes on this for a little bit. As I mentioned, John Pearson is um, on his way to Rotherham on loan for the remainder of the season. Any signs of any movement in? Well, Wilkinson says he's made an inquiry about a continental player and is waiting for a reply. Is this one? A, is this a communist? He's not putting any pressure on um, getting it done before the deadline. Um, well, the Yorkshire Evening Post, I don't know if he is a communist, but he's, a, he's from Romania. Um, Marius Lekadrush from Fiorentina, formerly of Steyr Bucharest, with whom he won the European Cup. And their supporters... Uh, they nicknamed him Fiara, the Beast. He's, for his, he's, uh, uh, he's got hair like Johnny Marr. Yeah, he looks um, he looks very cool in his Fiorentina top on his uh, sticker Panini sticker number one one eight. Not sure what season it's from. What, what kit maker is that? Oh, it'll be some mysterious um, Italian fashion company. I can't. It's got like an S that looks like a bit like a lightning strike, not in the kind of Nazi SS way, but a little bit more sporty. It, than that. No, it's like a it's like a folded piece of paper in three D. Mm. We'll try and find out. We'll uh, come back on yeah, that. We'll work it out. But he um... is is, um, is Lacatusta more glamorous of the two? The other name that we've been uh, linked to is a right winger. I mean, let's face it, a right winger is always exciting, isn't it? This one in particular, David Lee scored a hat trick against Cambridge on Saturday for his current club, Berry, and it could be available for two hundred thousand pounds. But um, I think uh, Lacatusta is possibly more exciting. He's got a spectacular way of playing and commitment according to the Bucharest fans. Also, Tommy Boyd, who's been uh, rumoured for a while, but we're up against uh, Chelsea for Motherwell's left-back, 
who we play next. Yeah, speaking don't know of if Chelsea, it's, uh, well, Im- winner Im- keeps him. Imagine that then, yeah. A showdown, a debut showdown at Stamford Bridge when we face Ken Bates' Chelsea after a whole week off. Imagine that. What are you going to do with your week off? Sleep. We'll catch you then. See you in a bit. The Match Ball. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.